0: Welcome, everyone, to the Extending Eden podcast, where we explore stories of life in God's kingdom. We pursue biblical ideas and practices that lead to richer and more genuine human relationships. My name is Daniel Chang, and this is our first episode. We are so glad that you're joining in on the conversation. Today, we explore the topic of listening,
1: truly listening to others. Enjoy. Well, I was thinking about the topic of listening um, just yesterday. So it's hard to do. If you just open up your Bible app and search for the word "listen," you don't find a lot. You you don't find the you don't find commands on how to be a good listener. Uh, you don't get the depth of the idea just through a word search. Uh, it's much more subtle than that. So when Paul or Peter talk about you know living well um Among the the Gentiles you can extrapolate from there the idea of listening but you can't find f- 20 verses that say here are the elements of good listening so you have to extrapolate So it's not just here's some principles from the Bible but here's some principles and here's how we got them out of the Bible mm-hmm.
2: um, as I listen to it um, if if I, as a listener, you know, I said, oh, well, these guys don't quote the Bible enough, so they only talk about their life experience. I'll disregard that. Uh, however, uh, relatively few people would go to a doctor and expect him to apply only what he learned in medical school. You know, they, they would want him to apply the, the application of that over, you know, Many many experiments of, of success and failure, and I think living from the scriptures is like that. I apply mm-hmm. things and and I go, oh, that didn't work, and I go, oh yeah, because I didn't understand it right. I, I applied that wrongly, you know. Like uh, if the right hand of Finzi cut it off, well, you only get one shot, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, oops, that wasn't right, but too late, you know. So, so I think it's, <laughs> you it's, one shot. It's a little foolish, in some ways, to think that you can't that that uh, life doesn't have a uh, an important role in understanding the scriptures and how we apply it. You know, what I mean, it's, yeah. it what we say is is the culmination of that. In my own forty five years of doing this, walking with God and reading the scriptures, I, I've applied a lot of things wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know I sometimes wake up in the morning and think, boy. I can't believe I did that. Uh, I can't believe I was think. I thought that way ten years ago. Where Where was I? You know. Mm-hmm. Good night. And uh. And you know the, you know, God forgives and he, and he and he lets us pick up the pieces and go ahead. Yeah. So I, I, I think there should be a great deal of freedom. Right. And, and the listener should have freedom to say, "Well, let the spirit of God teach me from this." This is. We're not saying we're the Bible. We're saying that this is experience. And you got the spirit of God. You know, be yeah. a grown up listen to God.
0: I think one of the problems that we have had is we have preachers that preach truth from the Bible without experience, and we'll see where that's gotten us.
1: So, Gary, a foundational story for you that I've heard a couple of times is the time you, I think you were getting ready to move from one city to the next, and you had a friend, and you said, man, this is my last shot to Know, explain the gospel to him, and you you launched into something and and it didn't really go well
2: yeah that was a that was a that was probably a bad idea i had been friends with this person for about five years and uh we had developed a really close friendship uh, both as uh, two men and then as families uh i taught him how to uh play basketball and then he taught me how to to uh see and we would go run for long runs and, and he would stop in the middle of the run and say, Gary, you see that leaf on the ground? And, you know, I just ran right over the leaf, you know, I crushed the leaf. And, uh, and he taught me how to slow down and see the world around me. And uh, it was a great lesson from him. I can, I can remember multiple examples of that. And just as we were getting ready to leave the city and move to a new city, uh, we had been playing basketball and we were laying out on the ground in the city park. And I was, again, once again, trying to, quote, share the gospel with him. And I had tried every illustration I could think of, you know, the, the ball through the hoop illustration, the dribble left-handed illustration, the cloud illustration. Those I'm sure you've never heard of those. But I had to make them up constantly because I was always, I was like a chicken on a, a dog on a bone, you know, trying to uh, get him to believe. And in the process of sharing with him this one day, he, when I finished, he said, Gary, he said, what you say is so loud, I cannot hear you. And uh, that, was a, that was a pivotal moment in my life. Uh, it, uh, it, it changed how I see the whole world and led me to begin to think about these over, over time, all these different aspects of communication that are not written about in books on communication.
1: And I, I don't remember if it was this same conversation or another one. Uh, didn't he also tell you, "Don't ever do that to me again"?
2: Oh yes, he did say that. <laughs> yes, he did say that. And uh, and I've done that again uh, in the past you when know, I just not thinking and not paying attention to what was going on in my enthusiasm because I had this this extraordinary truth in my pocket uh, that I wanted to share it uh, and overlook the fact that people have to want to listen to what you want to share. And uh, so they'll they'll tell you to shut up in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Right.
1: I think most people uh, are not as stubborn as Gary. And so after, you know, one or two attempts, they're just going to give up and – and not keep pushing the topic. So I think a lot of people have really good instincts to know that, you know, I'm not being gracious. I'm not, you know, I'm not listening well. I'm just being stubborn. And so most of us just stop talking. Uh, So I I think most of us don't have horror stories, thankfully, of times when we've just trampled over people. We know what not to do, uh, but we don't know what to do. You know, it's exciting to think about, I don't just have to police myself, but there's actually positive things I can do to push relationships, not push, really build relationships uh, that that are authentic and, and uh, beneficial.
0: I think it does say something when Gary had a friendship that he did that and attempted that transaction that the friend felt comfortable enough to say, please don't do that anymore. Because I think the, polite thing would be to say, okay, and think about it and just move on and just kind of put that little wall there. But the fact that they actually communicated that to him says, hey, you know, I value this relationship. I don't value what you just did. I I would like to still have the relationship versus someone who may not feel comfortable at that level and just kind of quietly pulls out. That's a that's
1: a, I mean, right, exactly. So, despite what Gary thought he was doing, You know, using these formulas, he actually was doing the hard work of building a good relationship.
0: He had been doing it, has been doing it, Um, and I think that that's the contrast that these statements come out because they value that relationship versus they tell you and they're gone, or they aren't polite enough to tell you that.
1: To me, that's a little bit of the uh, tragedy of the current state of affairs. Is you know a lot of believers, they are treating people with love and respect, and uh, they are communicating the gospel in, you know, a thousand different ways. But because they're not having a specific conversation in mind, they discount all the good work they're doing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I I remember a a young woman, I was at a conference, and we were talking about these kinds of things, and she came up to me during a break, and, and she just had Tears in her eyes. Now, th- this was a woman who, uh, she was from Minnesota. She joined Teach for America. She moved down to the Texas-Mexico border. During a short break, she drove to Kansas City just to be with other believers to get some encouragement. So, so this was a highly committed person who was engaged. And she said, she said, Dean, I'm just not you know, I feel like I've missed the boat. I'm not doing what God wants me to do. I have all these friends, and they've, um, they've become missionaries. They're they're serving in in various campus ministries, and, you know, they tell me all these stories of things they're doing, and and I compare it to what I'm doing, and I'm just not doing anything. Uh, I'm not investing my life in anybody, um, and so I said, what? what do you do? She says, well, I teach kindergarten in this, you know, very poor community. And, you know, kindergarten teachers, you're supposed to be teaching math and, you know, the alphabet. And, you know, to be honest, most days, I'm just trying to, you know, give these people a little hope, a little love, you know, a little faith. And uh, and then I started crying, you know, I, and I said, how many hours a day do you do this? She said, well, you know, classes, you know, six hours a day and a couple hours of preparation. And I said, so, and you wouldn't call those six or seven hours an investment, teaching faith, hope, and love to uh, a generation that that has very little. So, yes, of course, you want to talk about Jesus with these kids and their families and their co-workers, but what you're doing is God's work. And so, that is very motivating to me. I mean, I I, I want people to give God credit where God's already working in their lives and not beat themselves up for, you know, having these awkward conversations that aren't going to work anyway. It just, to me, that's a, it's a a dilemma, and we all need just that kind of encouragement. I I need that kind of encouragement.
2: If I could take a shot at summing up what we're saying, which is not one of my great gifts, <laughs> just to sum up anything, because I prefer, I prefer to continue forever, but uh, three qu- quick stories come to my mind that fit. Uh, one of the questions, and most you've heard me ask this question before, and, and the question I've asked is, uh, uh, using evangelical language, I have said, how many people have you led to Christ? And if it's a room full of people, I'll say, in the last five years, you know, so I'm trying to be really quite generous, and, and with, with some exceptions, but very few, there'll be one or two hands will go up. And then I'll say, well, how about in the last, you know, year? And, uh, you know, just making it a little tougher. And, you know, then there's no hands. And so I asked, you know, I, I'll play this game out a little bit longer, so I won't do it now. But I asked them to ask me the same question. They'll say, okay, in the last five years, and I'll go, no, 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 really make it tough. Like, you know, and they go, oh, the last year. No, make it tougher. And eventually they'll get down to in the last three days or something, the last five days. And I'll say, well, everybody that I've met, I have nowhere else to lead someone. I think that that's a, that's a profound thought. <laughs> Not to attribute myself with profundity, but but it I have had it said back to me, So many times I cannot believe it. People come back and say that statement set me free to be a friend. uh, Because I I shifted, it shifted the paradigm of how I saw the people around me. Because everything I do, if in fact, I'm a kingdom citizen, and I'm living kingdomly, seeking righteousness in my life, seeking purity, you know, seeking humility before God, then, then the words from my mouth will be those words. They'll be words of hope and faith and love and beauty and goodness and truth. And you, and you begin to train yourself to see that wherever you are. Well, listen for, listen for the heart and soul of a person. So, I'll give you just one quick example if we have time. Uh, my mom passed away a couple of weeks ago, and I'm closing out all of her accounts. And I had to close out the Verizon account, which t- turned out to be a you know nearly terminal act on my part <laughs> for me because it was so difficult and i just kept running into wall after wall and get transferred from one phone conversation to the next and eventually uh, what i'm about to say i'll have to apologize in advance but uh, uh eventually i get through to a guy and his dialect i'm i want to say his accent and dialect was, was a dialect that we many of us are are used to getting when you're on these <laughs> on these phone circuits, when the guy goes, "Hello, and how can I help you?" <laughs> and uh, and I went, "Oh no!" You know to myself, like, "Man, he's from you know where, and I'm I'm going to be stuck forever." And, and I said that, and as soon as I said it, I, in my heart, I went, "That's stupid, Gary." You know, that's just stupid. Don't do that. And I and I did. I just you know confessed. And and this all happened like in a millisecond. And the guy goes, he says, "Oh, Mister Gary." I am going to stay with you until this is solved if it takes two hours well it took an hour and he was gentle he did an incredible job and at the end of it um i thanked him and i said you know i I don't remember his name but he's you know whatever hector john Uh, yeah john (laughs) i said "You, you did fantastic work here this was this was really great. I so appreciate it. He says, well, I strive to make my work good for everybody, every human being every day. I said, well, you know what? I said, I said I want to take a risk with you if you don't mind. I said, at, in the week that my mom was passing, I meditated every day in Psalm 90. And at the end of it, it says, uh, blessed that the Lord would bless the works of my hands. And I said, you know, what I think just happened to you, and to me was that because of how you treated me, the Lord has blessed you and he has blessed me. I said, I'm really conscious of his blessing on me right now from you. I don't know whether you're conscious of it, but but you should be. You should realize that the God of the universe has actually blessed you and has blessed the work of your hands. And that's why you're doing it the way you're doing it. He said, "Oh, Mr. Gary." He said, "I don't, I don't read the Bible." He says, "I used to read the Bible." He says, "But um, I became a prodigal son," and I thought, "I said, well, Hector," I said, um, "You became a prodigal son because you were, you were a prodigal," and he went, y- "Yes, he's." And I said, "How'd that happen?" He said, "Well, my older brother died, and and I couldn't go home to the funeral, and my family has lost hope in me now." And I said, well, see, Hector, God hasn't. God did not forget you. He uh, he blessed you. And I'm right here today. And uh, his comment back was, um, Gary, Mr. Gary, you have renewed my heart. I will read the Bible. And I thought, how, how simple was that? I mean, how, how easy was that to do it? And now if I'd been trying to share the gospel with him I could have done something stupid but but he's just a human being and uh he had a pain and uh, I did too and uh so we, we came together so I, is, I think that's I think that's what we're trying to do here you know to help people see see people like that and see their world like that.
1: Yeah, that's 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 really beautiful. And um you know that's that's why we've enjoyed being around you because you keep sharing these stories right. and you keep doing those hard things. You know, one one of the it, things it, I wasn't think, <laughs> it wasn't hard.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't hard.
1: I, well, I, I'm gonna disagree with you. I I think it's hard to catch yourself, you know, with a bad attitude. It's I think it's hard to uh, repent kind of on the spot in the heat of the moment i mean you really have to be thinking about what you're doing so uh, mm-hmm. but on the other hand it is easy because you know second corinthians two fourteen. it's you know it's christ who led you into that you right know yeah. he he leads us into that triumph and he creates in us that sweet aroma uh and he's also stirring the hearts of of the people around us so mm-hmm. so you bumped into a prodigal mm-hmm. so you didn't bring the gospel to him you identified where the gospel was moving in him and, and, yeah. It, yeah. and it resonated so
0: yeah. well I think you were listening and you were sharing out of your own place in life and you were in the in a place of hurting, in a place of difficulty, you were in the word, uh, you were reading the Bible and meditating on it. And when the situation came, you identified it and you did what was natural to you. So it wasn't something that was forced, it wasn't something that's artificial, it wasn't something that was necessarily even planned. It was just an extension of, of who you are. And that's just like Dean says, that's what impresses me uh, and, and continues to draw me towards you is is this is something that's not a one-time deal that happened 20 or 30 years ago this is part of your daily life and i strive to live that way is in so many of my transactional relationships is i need to slow down and listen and then learning how to engage them if somebody drops something out there for me to you know a comment a statement is for me to hear that and to engage them in an appropriate level where there can be an opening for deeper relationship and the truths and and of the of the bible and the holy spirit to go in uh to their lives and uh, i think i
1: i I love what you just said there daniel uh it reminded me of james be quick to listen yeah so how do you listen quickly i think well i think it has to do with you just said always be ready to listen
0: yeah stop talking